1: Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 503 for July 20th, 2021. You know me. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I'm joined by the same crew. As last week, you already know Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. How's it going? The human motion graphic. I like that. Right. Look at you. <laughs> Somebody, you're just begging people to gift that. That's what you want. I know. Please. I know that's what you want. <laughs> you want to see it posted in responses, to weird things you say on Twitter. I know what you're Uh, up to. Yeah, yeah. Miranda Sanchez, how are you?
2: Hi, I'm doing well. Welcome on in, everybody. I think just, I think it's the whole circle of Destin's intro is complete. Like you got the (laughs) motion, you have the loud bam. There's nothing else can be added.
0: Oh, that sounds like a
1: challenge.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I don't do that, (laughs) don't do that.
1: (laughs) Miranda, what have you done? And uh, returning from last week, Stella Chung. Stella's so glad to have you back here.
3: Thank you for having me. It's always so exciting to be here.
1: Yeah, well, when I was putting together this week's run of show, I thought, all right, the topic, what are, what are these topics going to be? And then Ubisoft announced Tom Clancy's X-Defiant, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I thought, well, there's there's literally no one better suited to talk about a competitive shooter on IGN than you, Stella. So I appreciate you coming back to, uh, to do that. But first, uh, I do want to start with a big first party release coming right up. Miranda, you got to preview a pretty nice chunk of Psychonauts 2. I mean, this is it. This is the the beginning of the first party avalanche that we've been waiting for years for. This game's out next month. It's nearly done. You played a pretty near final build and your preview's up at IGN. People should watch it on the site or on YouTube, but I just wanted to throw the floor over to you for a minute here to, to talk about what you thought of this game.
2: Yes, please. I would love to talk more about Psychonauts too. I've been thinking about it a lot, which is weird. You know how a game just sometimes sticks with you? And that's kind of what it felt like here. Apologies if you can hear my cat going crazy. Um, she's also very excited about Psychonauts. So I got the to play the first one this past year. I had played previously as a kid, but didn't really remember it. Uh, and it really helped me have context for what I got to play this time around. So I got to play about six hours, if not more. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I played a lot, which was really cool, but also not cool because then I can't keep playing it. <laughs> you know, it's just that weird, like, I want to know what happens. And so I did jump around, but I mostly got to play at the beginning. Um, just a quick note, if you do end up watching the preview, I was very intentional on in making sure that we showed some limited scenes. Like I know I'm, the marketing might show a little bit more as well, but I didn't want to spoil too much because one of the most charming things about Psychonauts 2 is the level design. Like, oh my gosh, guys, it is so imaginative. Like, it's just, they just went wild with how they designed these things. And I think one of the things that I love most about this was how it really evolved what you got in the first game, which I think was really imaginative and very, like, collectible heavy, and, like, there's just cool things to do. But this one improved basically all those parts. Um... If you're watching the video, you can see some things like there's this new power that I didn't talk about too much in my preview because of spoilers. So if you if you are spoiler adverse here's like a 10-second little thing here. Um, so there's this one power where Raz can like make a fig- like a figment of his imagination of himself to so, like duplicates himself as like a like paper drawing that's 2d and can go into places and like open things for you like there's like these mail slots you can find around that (laughs) raz obviously can't get into but he can send his like other self in there and it's so cute and they have like a lot of really weird dialogue this game is also so seriously funny like just non-stop bangers good jokes and just exactly what you'd expect from double fine like it it really lands all of that uh so again i can talk forever about this but i'm most pleased, I think, what I was hoping to see, was a change in the combat, because although I really enjoyed the first, and I thought the characters you came across, and, like, the adventure itself was a lot of fun, one of the issues I had was with- my cat is going insane- um, one of the ways you unlocked new powers was simply by, like, leveling up and things, and I think it kind of missed some of those story beats of, like, you got all these things unlocked, um, and because- I felt like some of the unlocks were a little erratic every now and then it's a cat mania day um it, it felt a little less intentional when it threw you into a boss battle about what you're supposed to be using and a big part of this is figuring out which side power you're supposed to be using to fight a boss And it and it's nice to have like creativity but But in those instances, you kind of had to use the right powers to win. And so sometimes you just kind of had to, like, figure it out. Like, I would get thrown into some boss fights. of like, I don't know what I'm actually supposed to be doing here. Until, like, some dialogue pops up to say, you should maybe consider doing this thing that you've never done in this game before. And I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Uh, But this really solves for that in a lot of ways. Like, it's just a little bit, I think more mature in its design as far as like leading you to, like, try these things a few times in the game, and and maybe you can do it again later. And I think that's obviously a very common design you see in games, and it just does that a lot better, while also still allowing you to be creative with the powers that you get to use in those big fights. So, I had just so much fun playing this, and I'm very much looking forward to it.
1: I have a couple questions for you, Miranda. One, since you said about six hours, did you get the sense, because, you know, doing this for a living, one of the little skills that we tend to develop is a spidey sense for how long a game is when you've played a bit of it. So, did you get the sense that that was half the game? A third of the game? Not even that? Like, what was kind of your your barometer there?
2: It's really difficult to say because there were things that I played that I didn't expect to play through as much. I would say hopefully at least a third, if not maybe a little bit more because I played through, what, like four brain levels? um one was an opening introduction sort of get the tutorial two was one that was unexpected and, and then two of them were like kind of like mainline things like i could feel like that's the story is rolling and you have to go play through these and i think they're going to be a few like a handful more of those um so depending on how intricate those are and like with what else there is to do in the world because i did get to explore one hub area but there was a lot of it that was locked off. And then as I progressed through certain parts, there was like way more than I expected to see. So if that ends up expanding a lot more as it did as I played, then I think there's still a good chunk of the game left, which I'm hoping for, because I want to keep seeing what they're going to throw at us. And also some of the stuff that I saw in even that trailer, we were just rolling a little bit ago. There was a lot of things I didn't see, like that one music level we keep seeing with the green and yellow, you know, I'm talking about the eyeballs. yeah. (laughs) Video games, um, that's that was what I did not play. So I can account for a few.
1: Yeah, glad glad to hear that. I mean, it's day one Game Pass as always. Not that we need to remind everybody every first party game. So now we're gonna have to, we have to get used to first party games releasing all the time, and they all go right into Game Pass. But um, <laughs> you know, the other thing, something you you mentioned a few minutes ago when you were talking is you talked about uh, the level design and mature design, and I know you didn't mean that in the literal like, you know. Violent or only for adult audiences, kind of thing. But um, you saying that reminded me of something Phil Spencer said when he was here for Unlocked 500, which we asked him, "What gaps does he still see in the portfolio?" And he said, "Family-friendly stuff." So I'm just kind of curious your sense of Psychonauts too. I mean, I've also played the first one, but do you do you feel like this is a family-friendly, like a like? my daughter could pick this up and play it? Or does it feel more like a, a pretty, like, smart, more, uh, more uh, mechanically adult action platformer that just happens to have this kind of cartoony, you know, sheen on it?
2: Hmm. There's not a right was... or wrong
1: answer. I'm just sort of curious as to your sense of it
2: no yeah it's i think it's difficult to say because i don't have kids so i don't know what's appropriate for different age levels i would say maybe slightly older kid not like teen but older kid could probably be good for this because it is still goofy there's still a lot of fun jokes but it's not like explicit um nor is it like inherently like super violent so i think it could be fine for older kids six and up young teen, young teen too (laughs) i don't know what what is a 12 year old like? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but I think this could be better. Although it does deal with some heavier subject matter, which is something I think the first one did sometimes you know the like little brain vaults that you would go find are like these oh, yeah. little vaults of information that have these really cool like little black and white panels of someone's memories of their past and sometimes you'd find something that's like really sad in those. Um, it seems like it's really playing more on the like, anxiety side and like doubt and just all these different more complex themes that, that aren't necessarily inappropriate at all it's just heavier so i think that's why i would say I skewing a little bit toward older kids if they were cool. to play it because i think they would get more out of that but not necessarily that this isn't fun and colorful and a lot of right. cool things to collect there well, was actually one thing that i played that was a little challenging so well,
1: we'll see. I- I can't wait to play it. I mean, I'm really excited for this. I think it's coming out at a great time in, uh, in late August, you know, sort of before yeah. some of the other bigger, higher-profile, like, action-shooter kind of games hit. So, uh, and, and they sent out a, a little chart last week, too, or maybe it was the beginning of this week alongside your preview, of how it's, like, what it's uh, graphically capable of on each console. And it's, you can go up to 120 frames per second on the Series it's- X
2: so pretty. Like, I played on PC, but it's, you guys, it's so pretty. I was really happy. I was like, this is, like, you know, whenever you think about a game from your childhood and you remember it a specific way, then you go back to it and you're like, oh, this is aged. (laughs) And then you maybe see, like, a modern rendition of that or a remaster or remake. It's like, this is what I remember. That's how I felt about playing Psychonauts. I was like, this is what it looked like to me when I was a child. But, you know, it's way, way better.
1: You You know, know? I, I imagine the artists, Uh, at at Double Fine would probably take that as an extraordinarily high compliment, what you just said of of it looking like how you remembered the first one looking. That's awesome. Well, uh, everybody should check out Miranda's preview on IGN if you want to read it, or go to youtube.com slash IGN if you'd like to watch her preview and see more gameplay in action. A quick programming note before we get to our main topics this week. EA Play Live. You know, EA has not had their... E3 air quotes press conference yet they are doing that this week it's on thursday 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern time you can watch it on any of ign's channels so be sure to join us for that uh, we do know that they have they've already set the expectation there will be no star wars games announced or shown so no jedi fallen order 2 uh no any other new stuff that they, they nothing might have. bioware Yeah, nothing. Oh
2: yeah, nothing. nothing Bioware.
1: So just you know, go in with those expectations preset. But I'm still I'm still curious what they'll what they'll have to offer. And I feel like EA's conferences have generally been disappointing, pretty much every year. But they'll get there. They'll get there. They've got some cool games in the works. So um, so there's that. Uh, And real quick, finally, I want to just I wanted to show off for a second. My design lab controller arrived. If we let's see, if I don't know how that's yeah, the, the light's kind of washing it out. But oh, there it is. So I went. Now, if this looks familiar, it's because it's by design. It's a throwback to the Xbox 360. Here's the actual, like, kind of disgustingly faded, like, yellowed a little bit from the light over time Xbox 360 controller. And then uh, yeah, I went with a went with a 360 Redux. Went with my just name rather than gamer tag on the engraving very stoked about this. I love this thing. Did any of any of the rest of you order a design lab controller?
0: No, but I love mm. that design. I think it's like perfectly <laughs> subtle and I'm glad to see that you picked it up, Brian. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm
0: very pleased with it now that it's
1: arrived and it's in my hands and it's not just like pictures on a, you know, a render <laughs> on a website. It does. It looks really good. I mean, you know, the build quality there. And it's, uh, it, the colors, it, it, it works for me. So I'm very stoked about that. Highly recommend that everybody else go f- design your own custom controller, because it's fun. All right, let's get started with the news proper here. Uh, and the topic is, as the headline that you clicked on made clear, Tom Clancy's X-Defiant, which I, can, I couldn't even get through it without chuckling. I don't know <laughs> if that's by design. But let me set this up, and then I, I absolutely want to hear a lot from everybody else. I've been talking enough as it is. But Tom Clancy's X-Defiant. Ubisoft has unveiled the next entry in the Tom Clancy universe, X-Defiant, a free-to-play 6v6 shooter featuring groups from across the Tom Clancy universe. It's being developed right here in Ubisoft San Francisco, led by Mark Rubin as executive producer and Jason Schroeder as creative director. One of the more notable features is playstyle customization, where players first select a faction from among Tom Clancy Universe groups, such as the Wolves from Ghost Recon, Echelon from Splinter Cell, Outcasts, Cleaners from The Division, and more, with more planned for release after launch, and each with its own unique abilities. X-Defiant includes multiple game modes, including domination and escort missions, and a number of different maps. There is a beta coming up in just a couple weeks here on August 5th. If you are watching us on video right now, you're seeing the trailer play. If you have not seen the trailer, before we get into this discussion, I highly recommend you at least pause this podcast, go watch the trailer, see what you think for yourself. But with that, uh, I want to go first to Stella here because (laughs) you are... You are the opposite of me in, in, a lot of, in all the best ways, basically, Stella, because <laughs> you're young and you're really good at shooters and you're actually tapped into the competitive scene. So <laughs> I, I want to hear what you think of this because I have my like old man Tom Clancy fan thoughts, which I'll get to later, but in all seriousness, like, what, as, as IGN's resident competitive shooter expert, what do you think of this?
3: Um, you know how people say that they're cautiously optimistic. I would say I'm cautiously open-minded. <laughs> so it's like a step. It's <laughs> it's like a step below. It's it's. Um. I mean, I think a lot of people are too used to being burned by exciting shooters, right? So stuff like this. I mean, it's a six v six. It seems like objective-based shooter, and it seems like the classes are going to have tanks, healers. Um, maybe like more defensive characters too so it's it's gonna be interesting i have no idea how that's going to work like if there's gonna be set amounts of like hey you're you can't just have a a team of all wolves or like you can't have a team of just uh you know two of these and two of that like i i'm not sure how that's gonna work and i think i don't have enough information to really make a judgment call on it so i feel like saying cautiously open-minded is the best uh outcome Right now (laughs) um i don't know from what i've seen in the trailer the gunplay looks decent it looks pretty cool seems like there's a variety i know that in the dev interview they talked about how they really wanted to make each weapon set kind of shine and seem unique uh which i would very much appreciate because if you remember in their last shooter hyperscape it didn't really stand out very much and the gunplay was kind of horrific uh, the the balancing was terrible so I'm hoping that in a closer combat situation with the 6v6 um, they're able to actually tune in to different things and maybe look at balancing a little bit closer um so that's that's kind of my Im- initial thoughts so far
1: well you were I hadn't even i honestly and I don't mean this like maliciously towards this game <laughs> but I completely forgot hyperscape even happened like. And I assigned you to to preview that. Like that, I feel that really just came and went. That was a battle royale. Did is it like is it actually gone or is it still there and without much of a player base? Or
3: so uh, you actually put me on the review. <laughs> and yes, um, so it's technically still in season. So it's in season three. So it's still there, but I think the player base has died down a lot. Um, I if if in case people aren't aware here, I did give it a five. So it was not very good.
1: Well, all right. Now, Miranda, (laughs) you are also a competitive shooter player, and uh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about X Defiant.
2: Whenever I see a shooter like this pop up, first off, this doesn't look like a lot of Ubisoft shooters to me, uh, which I think is the point, right? Like, they're trying to get into more of the 6v6, like, kind of... Whenever I look at it, it it is vaguely Call of Duty in a way with some of the class-based things. Um, I'm sure it will definitely have its own identity and how they go about approaching that with their specific uh, factions, but I kind of just look at it and say, "Who's this for? Is this for the division people? Is this what they want?" Because I have zero interest in dropping the shooters that I play to play this. Like, right. I think that's part of the thing too, right? Like, whenever you open something new, it, you, you kind of have to ask, "All right, who are we going to get?" Because if it's a free-to-play long-term. Um, game you have to consider like are the people who are playing games similar to this going to come to my game and a lot of times that's no because they've spent a lot of money and time in their games and they probably don't want to leave so I think that's more of my big question here is like who who's playing this because when I think about the Division, this isn't quite what I would think about the people that they would want to play, but also I was not a fan of the Division, so maybe maybe I'm completely off the mark of like what people would want to play with that. Um, and, and that's the reason I specifically go to the Division, because I don't think the spl- Splinter Cell folks are necessarily clamoring for this kind of game. <laughs> I'll get uh, to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe I'll play it.
1: All right, maybe. so we have cautiously <laughs> open-minded, and Miranda is uh, maybe spelled with about seven A's in maybe. Is yeah. that? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not bad. It's just a. Uh, I, I, it would be nice to have more information, exactly as Stella was saying. Like, it's just so loose. Of like, well, here are some things that are happening. It's like, okay, well, if you want me to be interested, like. I need to see what's really special about this, especially if I'm someone who's maybe less familiar with some of these Ubisoft games that I just personally did not find interesting when I played them or, like, just didn't connect with. And so now I want to know, like, what what is the draw here? or Why should I be yeah. interested? And so I think maybe also a misstep that I was talking about with some of my friends, too, was that this isn't immediately playable. This is a, hey, so this thing is coming. It's like, oh, Okay, I guess I'll try to remember this later. And I, I think we this didn't did this have like a leak or a rumor or something because I remember us talking about I think this so. about it having, did. yeah, the different factions. It's like okay, well, what are you going to do as a spy in here? And, and as the spy, like we're saying, like the more interesting things would have like options for like peak stealth, right? Like you're hiding up in the in the roof or something. There are no roofs here. You can't <laughs> you can't just fly through the air. Anyway, at least based on what we're seeing. So sorry if you guys are listening. If you're watching, a lot of these um, maps that we've seen are very like high open spaces. So it doesn't look like it's going to have a lot of height. It's going to be more like one level of play. Um, so anyway,
1: it's all fun. right. So and yeah. By the way, when when for people listening that aren't able to watch the, the video of the the gameplay trailer, when Miranda says it doesn't look like other Clancy games. So that's sort of part of the. Uh, what they're going for on this is it's a Tom Clancy game, but with like a they, I think they described it as a punk rock aesthetic. So a lot of pinks and bright colors and things that aren't normally associated with the Tom Clancy brand. Now let's talk to the Greybeards. Destin, <laughs> you and I, <laughs> I want to move it around the table here. So Destin, I mean, what, you know, you play Halo, you, you definitely play plenty of your share of games. What is your reaction to this?
0: Well, there's one game that nobody mentioned that I was a little surprised about, but um, Stella, Rainbow Six Siege, and Mm -hmm. we know how well-balanced that game wound up being. So they they do have a history of making really, really great shooters. Now, granted, this is a little bit different in terms of concept. Mm -hmm. It looks to me more like it's Call of Duty, so I'm hopeful. And Ubisoft earlier this year came out and said, hey, look, we're going to be creating more of the the free-to-play microtransaction-y type games as a heads up and focusing less on single player. We will still be making single player experiences, but I mean, from Ubisoft, we've seen nothing but the free-to-play sort of conversations about the games that they're developing over the last few months. And to me, I mean, that's an unfortunate sacrifice at what seems to be the need for a profit margin. So, I mean, I don't know how well this game is going to do, and I think there's a problem here where they've kind of mis- mishmashed four of their mega franchises, and I, I don't really know why are those characters mishmashed together. Like, why would why? Who is it marketed to? To Miranda's point, like, is it yeah. division? Is it is it Splinter Cell? Like, I this doesn't speak to any of them. Like, if this was one of the franchises. And they really just honed in on that aspect of it, the way they did with Rainbow Six Siege. I think at least then you, you can build upon that, right? Here it's just this odd mash together for no apparent reason thing beyond like, oh, well, let's use the IPs that we have the rights to and mash them all together into one experience. Now, I will say, I think the gameplay actually looks fairly interesting, but it's hard for me not to be cynical because... I look at this and I see a game that's trying to monetize, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that's what the experience will be focused around. And I think that's unfortunate because I think gameplay wise, they might have something really good here. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think gamers are really good at picking up on that and sort of just saying, nope, like it's, it's I know. yeah. My
2: favorite free to play game. Hmm. That does monetization mostly right yeah it's it's dota, it's dota 2. It's dota 2. Free. <laughs> everything is free there's a lot of things you can earn it's all cosmetic just complete cosmetics every character you can play is free which is so important that's like a thing that really turned me off league for so long it's like you have to buy all the characters you want to play it's like i don't want to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you have a rotation of free ones but there's like so much limitation there in that player base too it's like if you're if you have to buy all those things it's like let me just buy the game or maybe ah ah there's just so many issues with that but also just to not veer too far from the conversation we don't know how they're monetizing yet, right um mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that can go um and this... also in, to, sorry um, go ahead i was gonna take it different i was ways. just gonna go say
0: it just doesn't speak to anybody you know
2: exactly yeah, yeah. And, and to your point too about um, not bringing up siege that specifically was kind of left in its own corner because it doesn't seem like it has any of that identity as part of this game Right, do mm-hmm. I don't think those characters are part of this at all. Um, that sort of not at all. Oh,
0: I meant I meant so gameplay. Yeah, so let me clarify there. I just meant gameplay design wise. That's the one shooter where they've gotten it right. Division had its oh, problems. Yeah. You know, the the shooter that I can't remember the name of that Stella reviewed had its I problems. Think, yeah. You know, <laughs> and like they seem to be having this issue of, of of hitting that tone, except for with Rainbow Six, where Rainbow Six. It, it actually didn't hit out of the gate. It was years later when they well, finally Well, no, it did. It.
1: But but the, it was a little just... I reviewed it at launch. And it was... Mm-hmm. I think I gave it, a, if I remember correctly, a 7.9. Mm-hmm. Because that was back when we were on the 100-point scale. It was... A, the, the bones of it were a phenomenal. It played yeah. great. There just wasn't a lot there at launch. IGN has since re-reviewed it. Tom Marks re-reviewed it a couple of years ago. Maybe like right before the pandemic. So, you know, I mean, the game's been out for six it's going on six years and gave it a a higher score because it's you know they've fleshed it out over time but yeah i destin and then i think miranda you hit on something too that i think is is a challenge for this game is and that's i wonder if that's where the tom clancy-ness of it comes in in that games are designed for better or for worse now to keep you playing them forever and they these designers these publishers don't want you playing other games. They want you staying in their game and spending money in their game, whether it's for, you know, just skins, just cosmetic stuff, for gameplay stuff, whatever whatever it is. They want your money, obviously. And as you said, Miranda, the bar's really high. You were saying that you haven't seen anything about this out of the gate here that makes you want to stop playing Apex or Warzone. And so... It, it sets the the bar, the degree of difficulty is insanely high for this game. And, like, I don't know how... It's already free. Like, I don't know what you do to try and get people to try it.
3: I... Yeah, so, so to go back to Dustin's point, I didn't bring up uh, Rainbow Six because, yeah, that's a game that's doing very well. They obviously worked on it, and they continue to work on it. I mean, they have a really successful esports that kind of tells you that the game is doing well. But... In, in something that's free-to-play, um, Ubisoft's last free-to-play game, Hyperscape, did not do well. Um, they were clearly trying to try out their, their hand at a live-service game, and they were also trying to implement a battle pass system, um, which I don't think had a lot of cosmetics that people were very interested in. So not only was the gameplay kind of it it was just mediocre the the battle pass and the customization was also mediocre so this makes me wonder if they've learned from that because i do see on some of the guns in gameplay that they do have like some different skins they're not that interesting um and for someone like me who finishes like it caps out her battle pass every day or every season in apex it would take a lot for me to be interested in taking my attention away from a game that i could dedicate my time to and know that i would have fun in to this which even in gameplay we're not getting a lot of and it just it just looks very light like if they were going to do a big reveal like this i would have liked to have have had more gameplay
1: yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) yeah i mean i'm glad you brought that up because that's i think that's where where i as a as an old old hat in the in as an old hat tom clancy fan that's where i'm like when i saw this. I had like an old man yelling at the cloud moment. Like I, I was, cause for me, like I go back, I mean the first Tom Clancy game, I believe was the original Rainbow Six on PC, which I played a little bit of. The, but if, you're, if we're just talking about Xbox here on Podcast Unlocked, the first Tom Clancy game on Xbox was Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, which was a port of Ghost Recon from PC I love that game to pieces. It was, it was all about like giant outdoor areas and you know just sniping people from across (laughs) the way. And then, like a month later, we got or maybe not. It was right in the same window we got Splinter Cell. That was one of the first Tom Clancy games on Xbox, which I fell in love with. And then it was 2003. The next year we got Rainbow Six Three, which was the game on Xbox Live until Halo 2 came out. And those games, the Tom Clancy brand at that time, stood for, you know, not authentic, but a little bit more of a grounded military shooter, like, you know, actual, like, military-type game. More of a one-shot, one-kill. You know, you weren't going to be... these The enemies, were nor you, were bullet sponges and... And I fell in love with those games. I loved all of those games. I loved... The Clancy brand became known for that. It became known for this... You know, there were then Splinter Cell sequels and Ghost Recon sequels and Rainbow Six games over the years. And yeah, they've branched out. Like, I would say even The Division, I think, very much would fit the mold of a quote-unquote traditional Tom Clancy game. But now, uh, Miranda, you and I just also played... Rainbow Six Extraction, which got delayed, uh, into next year, January, 2022. So you look at that game and you look at X Defiant, which by the way, is a game that has an emoji in the title. (laughs) And, and it's like, and and it, and I, as, as an old school Clancy fan, I sit here and go, well, what does the, is, is this what Ubisoft wants the brand to mean? You know, are they, do they want to change the definition of it? They own it, they're allowed to do that. Tom Clancy uh, sold his entire, like the Tom Clancy's game brand to Ubisoft back in, I think it was like 2008. And then Clancy himself, unfortunately passed away in 2013. So this is, it's Ubisoft's to do whatever they want with, and this is what they're doing. And, you know, for me, I just, I see this and go, well, I can't help it's like it's it's a it's like it's a kick in the nuts and then I that I chuckle at because here's Splinter Cell being invoked in another <laughs> Ubisoft game. Everyone again
0: wants again, a Splinter Cell with proper Splinter actual, Cell.
1: Without an actual Splinter Cell game and it's uh like they care enough to keep the, the brand alive, the Splinter Cell brand alive, but not enough to actually make another Splinter Cell game. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, at first I thought that I was just, that I had finally gotten old and it's like, okay, the 20-somethings are probably gonna love this because it's a Call of Duty type, like a lot of things that all of you have hit on. But maybe I'm not alone here. I mean, just from this discussion alone, but then when I look on IGN's YouTube, this is why I asked everybody listening to this to pause (laughs) the podcast and go watch the trailer for yourself and form an opinion before we got into this discussion. On IGN, Tom Clancy's X Defiant official announcement trailer has 158,000 views right now as we record this. The upvote to downvote ratio. Typically, just for a little context, IGN, our internal barometer is 10 to one. If we've got 10 upvotes for every downvote, we're pretty happy. We feel like, you know, if it's something we made that people are happy with it. This is obviously a provided asset. Tom Clancy's X Defiant, The it has 5,064 upvotes on you on our YouTube, it has 4,525 downvotes, so it is uh, almost 50-50, which is not really probably what Ubisoft is looking for, I don't know if they expected this, if they're just counting on the divisiveness of it to bring people in and get people to try it. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> Destin, am I just? Are we just getting old, you and I, and we just need to move out of the way and let let the Stellas <laughs> and the Mirandas of the world enjoy this video game?
3: But well, but this but we, this Stella is saying she's not into it st- either. So what does that <laughs> mean? We don't, we don't know if we want what? to enjoy this.
2: Yeah, so, well I mean, that's, that, and that's,
1: yeah. it makes me feel better, honestly, in a in a weird. <laughs> twisted way which is unfair to the game a-
2: and it's not to say that people have to have a, a crazy hook to try something out right like this could be a thing where you're like Friday night friends what are we playing tonight and it's mm-hmm. like probably the same game we're always playing but what if we tried this other game because why not like that right. absolutely happens and sometimes that's the way you get hooked onto something and say well this is my new forever game in addition to these other two who's gonna drop off who can say someone will and maybe it'll be this new game we're picking up but maybe not and so I think there's just a lot of different ways that people play things and so maybe I mean obviously someone out there likes this game I mean not that okay that was really harsh I don't mean it in the way that yeah. <laughs> like I think this this reveal really appealed to people but yeah. I think there's rightfully so a lot of like skeptical like ah oh, you know i don't really know about this and the thing that call of duty has right is like it's a known quantity we know call of duty every year whether you're going back in for a new and updated multiplayer experience okay then you know you're gonna get there or if you're just going for the campaign like some people do you'll know you'll get there too and then maybe you also try out the multiplayer and find it fun um but with this because it is its own thing it is free to play so there's gonna be some sort of investment um It's also a little bit of a scary thing, too, because if you come in trying it late, like, maybe the player base is really dwindled. Like, not saying that this is going to happen, but when player bases start falling off, weird stuff starts happening in multiplayer. This happens all the time at Call of Duty. I cannot tell you guys how many times people tag me. It's like, you have to tell this developer (laughs) that this thing is happening in their game. It's crazy. And it's like, I'm sure they know. (laughs) But... Um, just like when some of these games start tapering off, like the player bases get smaller and smaller and like harder to fit into. Um, so I think you really want a good start at launch and make it as appealing as possible. And right now, I think the thing we keep all coming back to is that we're not sure that there is a really exciting draw here yeah. that other games don't already offer.
1: Now, Miranda, in fairness to X Defiant, you, you brought up Warzone. and And if you look at Warzone, like there was no... There was no guarantee that that was going to work because the, sure. they had a business model and a game every year a new Call of Duty, trading, you know, from Infinity Ward to Treyarch to Sledgehammer with Raven uh, always helping out. And there was no guarantee that a a battle royale free to play Call of Duty was going to work, that you know that everything was going to translate over and they were going to get it right. But they have done that. So, you know, as we sit here it's, it's only fair so, to, to say the same here, that, you know, we know that these other Clancy multiplayer games work, and maybe this won't, but maybe it will.
2: Absolutely, and I know last week too I was saying, I'm always excited to see what new shooters are doing. I think my biggest problem with this is that they're not focusing on one hook aside from the factions that I don't personally care about. That seems something that's like really new or exciting to me. Whether it's like the pace or how the gunplay works, because of course you can't really tell that as well until you're actually playing. Like you can kind of get a sense for like um, how it works, but not not completely. Uh, and I think the thing with Warzone and even Apex, right? Like those came out when I think the battle royale style was still sort of fluid and like what we wanted from it, right? Like I think there wasn't an oversaturation in that space yet. And then there are a lot of opportunities to bring in new kinds of gunplay. Like if you look at Warzone versus Apex, those games play completely differently. And I always have this like sort of argument when I bring up things like MOBAs, which is another thing that I've, you know, rest in peace, they're still alive. But also (laughs) who plays MOBAs? It's me. It's, It's like the same people who've been playing MOBAs for the past 10 years, right? It's like when those first came out, with League of Legends and Dota, those are so different in how they play, and that's what makes them successful because in those differences, and that's what I think we see with Fortnite, we see with PUBG, we see with um, Apex, we see with Warzone. They're all so different and defined. And the thing is, when you come out with something like a free-to-play shooter, you have to have something that's defined. Like, kind of bring it back to just like Microsoft things too, like with Halo. We know Halo is a very specific kind of shooter that you don't necessarily get in a lot of games these days. And so if that's going to be free to play, a lot of people can jump into it. It's, again, a very specific style of shooter, and you know what you'll get there. And I think the problem here is because, you know, when I think The Division, I don't think incredible gunplay i don't think that this is an experience that i i really want to stick with and so when you just have a mishmash of these things together it comes again back to the identity thing like what are you going for here because i don't think there's anything in this one presentation granted i know we're like really digging into this but i think it's because there's that it's a missing hook right it's like there's an idea of things here but I want to see like what you're most excited for. And maybe that thing that they're most excited for is the factions and that just doesn't appeal to me. So I just kind of have to wait and see what else happens. And that's that happens too sometimes, which is fine.
0: You're echoing the sentiment of the community also, Miranda. The top comment on their own trailer is, Dear Ubisoft, when we requested a new Splinter Cell, this isn't what we meant, bring back Splinter Cell. And then on our trailer, it was also, your feedback is essential to help us making this game great. Does that feedback include Splinter Cell demand? Everybody has been talking about Splinter Cell, and at this point, people are just mad when they throw Splinter Cell in something. Like myself included, I'm really frustrated that like they keep just throwing Splinter. Like that doesn't that just makes me mad. I don't want to play that. And then
2: here's this other game. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. The they're, they're, cell no, I don't
0: want game. that other game. I want Splinter it Cell. Maybe yeah and then some people are talking about the tom clancy name that's also problematic maybe tom clancy's only regret was that he never wrote a fast-paced punk rock mosh pit scenario in one of his titles and then somebody else wrote ah uh, yes the punk craft mosh pit fps with a toxic color palette just like a famous punk rocker tom clancy always wanted like it's the tom clancy name and they've made this vibrant color palette mishmash first person shooter and like Rainbow Six, Three was the Tom Clancy game I played. Ryan, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell was yeah. the game we played. Like,
1: and that's gets, this gets isn't any of that. Point. <laughs> yeah, it gets yeah. back to my point about about is is this the direction that Ubisoft wants to take this brand? Now, sometimes it's good to change a brand and evolve it over time. We've seen countless examples of that over the years, but sometimes, like with Coca-Cola or In-N-Out Burger, it's good to not change it. So I, you know, I don't, I'm not a, uh, I don't have a, you know, future crystal ball. I, I don't know what the right answer is for Ubisoft and the Tom Clancy brand, but I think it's pretty. We're all pretty well in agreement here, and the YouTube comments are seemingly in agreement as well that this might not be it. If it, if it, the brand is going to evolve and change, this might not be the way to go. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just gonna be kind of curious to see what, what it's gonna be like to actually play this. Stella, heads up, we're gonna ask you to preview it when it goes into oh, this beta boy. on the so, fifth.
3: So I'm gonna say real quick, I am going to be watching how they market this because yeah. they marketed Hyperscape very, very like proficiently they even did drops on twitch which inflated their views and it kind of fudged the numbers on how popular this game actually was and then when it actually came out for everyone else to play people started to realize this isn't really what i thought it was going to be this isn't really how um i i saw my streamers play like it doesn't look like that same vibe that i i was advertised to so i'm going to be watching the marketing of this because i i In their interview, they say they want to be very transparent with their community. They want to communicate. They want to um, try to just connect more with their community. So I'll be watching for that because if they do, then it means that there is some form of hope for this game because it means that maybe it'll be like Rainbow Six, where they do go in and, you know, maybe patch in the games, make it a little bit more balanced. They just any sort of feedback, you know, transparency is so important with devs and their community. So that's what I'll be looking for.
1: Yeah, and Destin, you know, you were talking about the mishmash of things going on in this game a lot. I guess kind of a last point is that cynically, is it almost like I can't help but think, oh, did they just look at like, oh, Avengers is popular and Fortnite gets everybody, it's, so it's, why don't what do we own? Let's just throw everything everything we own into a game.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was just looking up YouTube videos for Hyperscape, right? Yeah, and it just seems like they're not learning their lesson with this game. Th- none of the like core content for Hyperscape seems to be popping off with the exception of one from somebody named Furious Fade that has 509,000 views, the Abandoned Battle Royale. And he's talking about Hyperscape. So, and this just feels like the next Hyperscape. What is this? Like, I just, I I don't understand how they get here design-wise. Right. I I just don't, don't, well, I do. Yeah. We, everybody needs to have powers. We need to use our IP. We throw it all together in a game and there, there we go. Let's market it. And I don't mean to like, like, I understand a lot of developers worked really hard on this and everything, but this doesn't speak to anybody. And like, that should have been a core design philosophy. And it, this to me just says, how can we do a bunch of microtransactions? and people see through that.
1: Stella, go ahead.
3: I was just going to ask Ryan and Destin, so, you know, Warzone did well because Call of Duty had fallbacks, right? They had main games that they focus on. They have that income. They know that it's okay. So maybe, uh, so they wanted to take a risk and make a uh, free, free to play Battle Royale, which actually ended up in benefiting them more, giving them a little bit more income. Do you feel like the Tom Clancy universe is something that can afford to do that?
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I, something I haven't mentioned, I'm glad you kind of, Set me up there. Is I was looking at the the list of because you know I was talking about before extraction Rainbow Six Extraction being you know a game where you shoot aliens and now this it's like okay well it, again is this the like is this where Clancy games are going and I went back I looked at the entire list of Tom Clancy games ever and it's it's actually right up until recently they have they have I would say stayed true to that more grounded military shooter type of type of tone, you know, right up through Division Two. Um, it, it really is just these last just these games that are not out yet. I mean, everything that's out now I think pretty well fits the mold of what players expect and want out of a Clancy game. And it's extraction and it's this that are straying from that. So, you know, I I, I do think there's enough Brand power I guess to to sustain an experiment. I like I don't think if this flops I don't think it'll hurt the Clancy brand because if they just come out if this bombs and again I'm not advocating that I'm not you know just it if the negative initial reaction in the community Does end up translating to a game that doesn't do well? All they have to do is make the next major triple-a ghost recon in the more traditional Clancy style that they have always done and they've got Rainbow Six Siege going, and maybe someday Splinter Cell comes back. And, uh, like, th- there's, and, and if the division seems like the division's probably done for a while because uh, Massive is moving on to Star Wars and Avatar. But there's, I think there's enough that they, they could just fire up, if, if they haven't already, a mainline Clancy game in, in one of the franchises, and people would be right back on board. Destin, yep. you agree or disagree there?
0: I mean, I agree. I, I think people have an expectation with Tom Clancy games. This is not a Tom Clancy game. This is something else. Tom Clancy is, like, borderline realistic or at least believably realistic, right, in terms of gear or at least fun. This is just like, I don't know, man. This, this just is, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm looking at. I want Splinter Cell. Everybody wants Splinter Cell. They've been calling for it for a year, and then they come up with this. So what's it going to take? Is this Hyperscape failed? This, is this going to fail? Like, How long until they actually reevaluate what they're doing with the Tom Clancy name and the Tom Clancy brand and say, okay, like maybe we just do need to make a traditional Splinter Cell without all the, the I don't know, flair or whatever you want to call it with a game like this.
1: So what you're saying is maybe for you, Tom Clancy's XD fiant <laughs> smiley face emoji is is Tom Clancy's shrug emoji. At least, at oh least my for God, now. Ryan, <sighs> we'll see what. You happens. got there, Ryan. You got there. You got I got it. it. I took it there. It was a walk. <laughs> hey, let's talk about something else. We're 48 minutes into the show, but hey, you know, it, it, I thought it was a a topic worth digging into. So. Uh, I mentioned, actually, I just touched on this real quick because I want to move on to other topics, but uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, the aforementioned game, moved to January 2022, and then Riders Republic has been bumped just a little bit to October 28th. Now, uh, let's talk about some good Xbox news, shall we? June of 2021, the month last month completed, the Xbox Series X and S took the top spot on the NPD chart as the best selling hardware platform in dollar sales for the month alongside setting a new dollar sales record in the US for the Xbox platform. Let me read that again because you got to just process that for a second. A new uh, as th- a new dollar sales record in the US for the Xbox platform in June. That is pretty cool, uh, as shared by NPD. Best since June of 2011 overall. Its performance helped the June video game hardware dollar sales jump 112% overall compared to June 2020. Destin, uh, the plan is clearly working here for Xbox.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really curious about this, but it's, it's also really, really exciting just in general for console sales across the board. So Nintendo Switch, still on top, right? But the fact that Xbox managed to outsell PlayStation is no small feat. So, PlayStation selling oh, by, everything dollar, that...
1: by dollar figure, yeah. Because yeah. they've got, you know, they've got two, probably because the, maybe, you know, you have got the Series the X S and in the S. There.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but still, everybody's selling basically everything that they can make. Yeah. Right. So, I'm curious does this mean that Sony is basically selling everything that they possibly can and they're not able to manufacture a hardened? fast enough, so people are saying, well, there's a Series S, there's a Series X, in June anyway, and they picked them up, but now everything's sold out again. Um, and what does this mean going forward? Because Xbox does have those two skews; They have the S and the X. And if you're still waiting for your PlayStation 5, how long before you hear about like the value of Game Pass, the games that are coming to Game Pass, the day one, you're looking at that Series S and you're like, you know what, it's a really low bar to entry. It's cheap, it's easy to get in and start playing. I don't care about 4K, I still play on like a 1080 monitor. Let's do it, let's spend that 300 bucks. I don't know how much it is off the top of my head. But this is really, really interesting and this is what I thought would happen. Eventually, those two manufacturers are gonna become closer to parity and that's good for everybody because everybody, because those two are gonna have to compete For your dollars which means sony is going to have to get innovative with how they do that and there's this whole netflix rumor going on too that's really interesting Mm -hmm. with like sony's potential strategy to come to combat game pass but that's that's sort of theoretical rumor stuff so i don't want to get into it but it's it's exciting right it's it's huge news it's awesome for xbox and it's awesome for gaming to see that like things are evening out
1: Miranda, are you with Destin on this, that the, this, you know, as the console shortages continue, that the low barrier to entry price-wise of the Series S and the, and the giant carrot dangled in the form of Game Pass is a, is a combination that's working for Microsoft?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've talked about it enough about how like Game Pass is just, it just makes sense. It's a great deal. My twin sister just got it. I'm like, yeah, we have so many games to play together. I'm going to make her play through all gears with me. And like, nice. there's just so many ways that you can do that, right? It's like, well, here's just an entire library of games, and if you don't have a PC that can play these games, then, you know, Xbox Series S, there it is.
1: Just and makes sense. you know, Stella, obviously, you know, PC does the job well, but the the Series <laughs> S is a is a heck of a great streamers box too, right?
3: Oh yeah, it's it's a great it's a great little thing for whatever price you can get it at, which is a lot lower than the uh, big refrigerator box that everyone talked about. <laughs> um. Also, and the fact that you can just get any game downloaded onto that, too, and I think it just doesn't do 4K output, if I recall correctly. 1440 Uh, native. Right. And, And I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. I don't need that. Like, that's okay. I just want to play my games, right? And I think that works for a lot of people. And the fact that you get Game Pass on there, like, you can get that and you get all these games that you haven't played before. I actually have a backlog of stuff that I need to get to. And I'm just like, well, I know it's there. I have Game Pass, it's okay. And the fact that games that launch on Xbox are going to come to uh, Game Pass on launch, that is a huge deal. And I don't think people really appreciate like how big of a deal that is.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it's just, the, the plan is working. That's really what this says to me is this is a, this is like the dollar, like, these are the receipts, like, these are the receipts for everything we've been saying, uh, not that we're, like, some sort of great profits, but, like, we, you know, we've been watching this company for 20 years, and now, like, we've seen the ups, we've seen the downs, and the the ups are back, that's really, that should be their new tagline, The good, the good times are back at Xbox, because this, you know, they have made all the right moves over the years, and now, it's working. The this, the machines are selling, Game Pass subscriptions are selling, and even things are going so good for Xbox, you guys, that uh, there's... I got to go to Valve a couple weeks ago, that's why I wasn't on the show, to see the Steam Deck, which if you haven't heard, you probably have by now, everybody out there, but the Steam Deck is a handheld gaming PC. It looks like a, a Nintendo Switch. Pro, basically that's, that's really the best way to phrase it it looks like what the Nintendo switch Pro would actually look like if Nintendo actually made one and it's it plays your Steam library and this is how good things are going for Microsoft where they're again a bet they made years ago on PC and saying finally I know you know boy who cried wolf we said for years we were gonna support PC and we never really did well now they've been doing it and here comes valve independent of Microsoft making a handheld gaming PC that in theory, it's a Linux based OS. So they'll, they'll, you'll have to like find a workaround, whether it's dual booting or something else, but you can, you can play, you can find a way to get game pass on the steam deck. And even if you don't want to do that, you can just down, you can play any Xbox game that's on steam. So I looked up, there's a bunch of stuff and of the most notable upcoming games, Halo Infinite is gonna be on Steam. So the Steam Deck is out in December. We don't know when in the holiday Halo Infinite is, but basically whenever the Steam Deck comes out in December, you will be able to play Halo Infinite on it on day one. So it's like, even when Microsoft doesn't even try to win their winning at this point, Um and and Miranda, like I know you play a lot on PC. You got your Dota, and maybe maybe the idea of of handheld uh, portable Dota is very appealing. But you know, yeah. what is what is no, no. <laughs> no. Well, how about just the notion of of uh, some some of the first party Xbox games on Steam? Like, it are you interested in a Steam Deck for for that and or any other reason?
2: I uh, maybe already pre ordered one and I'm getting in December. I was like quick on that. So, yes, very much so. Um, I think there's just so many games that I have and I wait to come to other platforms. So, like, there's a lot of games specifically for like Switch that I love. And I'm just like, oh, these indie games are really cool. But I want to wait till it comes to Switch. And it takes like sometimes a lot of time for that. And I don't have to wait because I just have uh, the Steam Switch. But to that point, too, like, there's a lot of Xbox games too that I'd like to take on the go. And I know we can with the cloud, like, there are options there. But I don't have the what's it called? I always forget what it's called. The um, the thing Bandwidth? that everyone loves, huh?
1: No, sorry. Go ahead.
2: The thing that you use the controller backbone? for, backbone. Oh I was yeah. Like, There's something with the back, and I don't remember what it is. But it's well, yes, the backbone.
0: Well, now they open it up, so you can just go to xbox xbox.com/play, and you can just play a bunch of them in a browser
2: huh yeah yeah so there's so many ways to do that so I think this is going to be such a nice way and have a good speed just a kind of a dedicated system for that which I am very much a a person who likes having dedicated places for things so and this is just be such a great way to like catch up on your backlog or at least for me that's what I intend on doing is like getting through some older games that I've had I got in sale my steam library and now I can go through them so actually a lot of Double fine games that I really want to get to that are going to be perfect on that so yeah
1: good stuff A game pass before I want to do one more story here before we move on to the loot box and the trivia Because somebody if you're watching on video you might be wondering Ryan Why on earth have you had a blinks the time sweeper screenshot (laughs) on your TV for the entire episode? So we have a new game pass games for the rest of July the second half of July this week uh, actually, today, Battlefield 5 in the cloud, if you'd like to play it that way. Chris Tales, also today on everything, cloud console and PC. Later this week, Thursday, Atomic Crops, July 22nd, and th- that same thing, cloud console PC. Also on Thursday, Raji and Ancient Epic, which I've heard actually pretty good things about, also everything, cloud console PC. And then. A game I previewed and uh, very much enjoyed. It's a very Telltale-like adventure game called Last Stop. That's going right into Game Pass on Thursday, cloud, console, and PC. And Destin, next week, we got some OG Xbox classics in here.
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool. So we got Blinks the Time Sweeper on July 26th. We got uh, Crimson Skies. Yes. They just kind of slipped that in there. <laughs> that's awesome. A high road to the Renz, that's heading July 26th to cloud and console. And then Microsoft Flight Simulator, July 27th, that's coming to Xbox Series X and S. Lethal League Blaze on July 29th. OMNO, don't sleep on that one, July 29th. Uh, Project Wingman, July 29th. And The Ascent,
1: yeah. July
0: 29th. So there is a lot coming to Game Pass in July.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the the ones. The ascent has been one that that was that one jumped out at that original May unveiling, uh, that first May showcase last year. That was one of the standouts. And then uh, the thing I wanted to call out with Flight Simulator is I've been seeing some tweets about this, some questions about this in the community. You know, we talked about uh, a few shows back after E3 of how Microsofts just very quietly said, "Oh, by the way." we're going to start streaming stuff like Microsoft Flight Simulator to your Xbox One via the cloud so that you can play it without, if you don't own a a Series X or S yet. This seems to make it clear that that's not going to be online, at least not on day one, because this just says, it does not say cloud. It's just Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to the native Series X console itself. Destin, is your team preparing to do like the mother of all graphics comparisons?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be tackling Flight Simulator for sure. So we're going to be doing a performance review. Uh, We have a retro look at the previous Flight Simulators in the works right now from NX Gamer, aka Michael Thompson. He's developing that. That'll be out in the next few days. And then, you know, whenever we get Microsoft Flight Simulator, we'll be doing a... Performance review on that, I'm gonna be tackling that. Now, I think the reason that it's not on those older consoles, Ryan, I think you're right on the money. It's because they they said that that support is coming. Like they've announced that, yes, that is how they're gonna deliver newer games to older consoles, but they haven't implemented it yet. So I think yeah. it needs to be just generally implemented before Flight Simulator can come to those previous consoles. I cannot wait to see how good or not good, or how, like whatever's gonna happen with Flight Simulator on the Series S and the Series X, I'm really, really intrigued. They just did a why we fly piece, talking about when the, the hurricane uh, was happening and a lot of uh, Flight Simulator users, myself included, flew right into the hurricane. It's it's super cool. Cause it, it bases all the weather off of what's happening in real life. Right. This game is gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> It, I I can't wait to play play it on console and see what it's like.
1: Stella, any of these Game Pass games coming up this week and next standing out for you?
0: Um, maybe The
3: Ascent, but uh whatever whatever suggestions that you want to give me, I will absolutely write down and try out. Uh flight simulator doesn't really appeal to my interests, but I know it's a very calming game, but I'm a very competitive person, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. am like, how do other... I be
3: competitive in flying?
1: I don't know if there are other <laughs> jetliners you can race from from one city oh, to another. Oh, that'd be so
3: cool, though. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> they cool. I imagine.
1: <laughs>
0: there's some I, team-based stuff you can do. Oh, really? Yeah, there's oh, like a whole squad okay. mode or something.
3: Wait, really? Okay, that see, that's a little bit more appealing. Cool. I love any like team-based stuff. I I love that.
0: Miranda,
1: any highlights for you in these next couple weeks?
3: I
2: think I'm going to try out Last Stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it
1: seems like a Miranda kind of game.
2: Yeah, we'll see what that's about.
0: I don't want.
1: Yeah, from uh, go ahead, Destin.
0: I'm. At, I i did not want to steal Miranda's thunder at the top, but I also started playing the original Psychonauts because yeah. I want to be ready for Psychonauts 2. too. So, <laughs> yeah, that one's on Game Pass, which is great. But that's it's been, been there ago. for a while.
1: Sixteen years, I believe. Or no, wait, wait, no, two, no, sorry, it was two thousand five. Yeah, no, that's right, sixteen years. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's a long time ago. That's the last time I played it. <laughs> it was when it came out, so oh, wow. I've probably forgotten most of it myself. But yeah, for me, I'm the ascent has jumped out at me uh, for a while. I previewed it; it looks really good. I I can't. I'm too, with you guys. I can't wait to see what like uh, what flight simulator looks like on a Series X. Like that's that's that might be the most next gen game that's hit Xbox yet from a sort of technical perspective. So eager to see that next week. So Game Pass subscription continuing to deliver great value there let's do the loot box where we turn it over to a member of our audience to just throw out an open question to the panel here's andrew talking about the perfect dark reboot
0: hello unlocked this is andrew from washington state my question for you is what do you want to see from the perfect dark reboot as a longtime listener i know you've all been dying for a new splinter cell for some time now so, would you like it to embrace more of the stealth action style? Should it stick to its FPS roots? Or do you want it to do something completely new? I'd love to know what kind of experience you'd like Perfect Dark to deliver. Thanks for producing a great show. I hope you're all doing well.
1: Miranda, how about you? Perfect Dark Reboot. It's finally announced. It's the Initiatives game. What are you hoping for from it?
2: Well, this is the quadruple A. So, <laughs> I'm expecting excellent writing. That's that's something I need. Because I, I think when your story, a lot of people go for the spectacle first, or like think, oh, I want it to look really great. I want that too. But I also want it to be something that's really engaging. Uh, so I obviously did not get to play Perfect Dark, or I say obviously, but I did not get to. So I really want something that's going to make it feel like this is a good handshake for me getting to meet Joanna Dark and the world that we're getting introduced to here. So I think that's going to be pretty important and I think they obviously understand that that's probably the case for many people that we didn't maybe get to play the first um so I want an excellent story and I want it to I kind of want it to be a little bit more focused rather than some sort like I think there's a lot of ways to go but rather than it be purely open world I want to be able to be like guided somewhere But have like that mild exploration, so like maybe larger sandboxes to explore, but not full on open world just to go anywhere. Uh, I think sometimes that's better for a studio's first, um, just because I always worry about open worlds having a lot to do that just feel more like chores than actual good things to do. So when I think about exploration, and how I like to approach it, um, the most modern example I can think of that I played recently with excellent collectibles, excellent side quests, is definitely control. Like I think that's like the model for me. It's like I want like collectibles that are meaningful. I want side quests that are thoughtful and fun, and they're made because like the developers want to improve on something and like give you an extra boost of like understanding for this universe that they're trying to introduce you to and like the way this world works. Um, so that's what I kind of like to see from this game, but.
1: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, you're reminding me a game that I thought did it well. I'm going to call it back. I'm going to bring it back from earlier in the show. Uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. You know, not it's it's a also could, we might be getting a stealth spy game here, depending on where the initiative takes it. But that game was it was an open world. But every mission was you could wander wherever you want within that sort of set sandbox. And so I, I would be super down to see a similar format for Perfect Dark. Stella, how about you? What uh, what would you like to see from the reboot of Perfect Dark?
3: So, I have never played, but I do remember playing, like, a little demo from... Do you remember when Xbox did, like, the throwback games that you could download onto your Xbox One? Um, I did play it a little bit there, and I do remember it being kind of cool. Like, I I was just mowing down, guys. I was just this badass. So, I would really love to feel that again, um, but... As someone who's approaching this game, it would would love to approach this game for the first time in this reboot. Um, just judging from that trailer, it seemed like there are, are like, it might be movement heavy, and I would love that. The last great movement game was Titanfall, or Titanfall Two with their, <laughs> the uh, story, and some of the some of the way that the camera angles went, and some of the obstacles that you see there, I'm just like, man, if it was kind of like, maybe not Titanfall's level, but maybe Mirror's Edge, but actually with guns. Yes. Like, the, the latest Mirror's Edge, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, but with guns. That would be cool. But if they want a stealth route with more sandboxy elements, I would want it to be um, a first-person Hitman-style combat. I think that would be really cool, because it just lets the player like choose how they want to approach a level, and I really love that freedom. So, those would be my two guesses, or my two desires, I guess.
1: Oh, I like that. I like where your head's at with that. Destin, how about you? <laughs>
0: Thinking back to like my experience with the original Perfect Dark, I hope they recapture that feeling of you are a spy, you're not supposed to be detected, objective-based things within the level where you're more successful if you're able to do it a certain way, but they also allow you to sort of explore with different weaponry and things like that. Um, So yeah, the the original game, I remember it as more of a stealth-based game where you had to figure out the puzzle of the level and how to complete it without being detected and taking out all of the enemies. I hope they manage to sort of recapture that feeling of stealth, basically. And separately from that, to Miranda's point, I also want a truly compelling story that really sort of dives into what's going on with the company. Joanna Dark works for what's going on with Joanna Dark. with i i would love it also miranda if they had like worthwhile side collectible things that delved further into the the lore of the world so like when you find them it did feel like a little reward and not like a a nuisance i think i think those sort of like collectibles should always be beneficial as opposed to a requirement to like get a gun or something like that you know
1: Oh, great answers from everybody. Yeah, for me, I guess I'll add, uh, since you guys have covered a lot, gadgets. The original Perfect Dark <laughs> had the laptop gun. Yeah. Uh, so I want to see some really cool gadgets in this game. Because I'm also on board with, uh, Destiny said, stealth. Uh, give me yes, please. Stealth is good. And and with you all the way, Stella, on, on Mirror's Edge style, free-flowing movement, like parkour kind of stuff too. But mix some gadgets in as well. And I will be very, very happy. Andrew, thank you so much for that loot box question. If you would like to be featured on Podcast Unlocked, you can send in your video loot box question. And the way to do that is via Twitter. Just post your video question on Twitter and make sure to tag me so that I see it. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. And I'll just favorite it to let you know that I've, saw, I've seen it and added it to my, my list of, uh, of questions to, to dive into each month and you might be featured coming up, so send those in. All right, we've got just a few minutes left here in the podcast. I wanna to get to the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge, and let's see, yeah, I believe Stella, you got on the board last week, right? <laughs> I did. Yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> so that, let's see, uh, we'll see where things at, but this is Alex Andrew asking, this is a good question. This is throwing it back to the 360 era. What classic film, like a, the, a, the real, actual movie, can be watched in its entirety on in-game screens, in-game TVs, in 2007's The Darkness. Does anybody remember? See, I remember this one. I'm old enough to remember it at the time. So, is it A, Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, The Wizard of Oz, or To Kill a Mockingbird? So, I'm going to go Miranda's way first today and see if she remembers The Darkness or has any... Good you know, guesses the, here.
2: The box art for the darkness. <laughs> but I did not get to play the darkness. <laughs> but I know the dark, the box art. Um I'm gonna guess
3: be gone with the wind.
1: Okay. Alright. It's a good guess there. Stella, how about you?
3: Um I'm gonna go with the Wizard of Oz. I I did not play the darkness, so I'm just another another wild guess and I'm gonna get Fair knocked enough. off the board. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> you need to keep your points.
1: It was an you excellent. No game. Uh, okay, thankfully.
3: I got one. <laughs> Starbreeze.
1: That was Starbreeze's uh, game after the Chronicles of Riddick. So that was a. Uh, it was really good. It was uh, uh What's his name from yeah. the lead singer of Faith No More voiced the darkness. The he like did all the growls oh, cool. and stuff in that game. Destin, do you remember this one?
0: I don't, but I was trying to think movies. I'm like, what is like license free where they either would have had to pay a small fee or just be allowed to do it? No way. Wizard of Oz is on that list. I don't think Gone with the Wind is on that list either. But I think maybe Casablanca or maybe To Kill a Mockingbird. So I was trying to remember which one thematically fit the most with the darkness. Mm. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm really torn between A and D. Casablanca and To Kill a Mockingbird. My my initial thought was A. I'm gonna go D. I'm gonna go To Kill a Mockingbird. All right, you're so already
3: have... more big brain than any of us. Like right here, we we did not go into that sort
1: of. I was thinking about what's in
2: public domain. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, you, and your your heads are all in the right, exact right space. The public domain is exactly where you what you should be thinking about here. The answer, and you're right, yeah, uh, MGM absolutely owns The Wizard of Oz. Somebody's got Gone mm-hmm. with the Wind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think some, okay. some studio owns Casablanca, too. And the answer is indeed To Kill a Mockingbird, Destin. Yes! yes. Well done. Oh, I was okay. like, I
2: think, yeah. I know Casablanca and Gone with the Wind are, like, real old. Oh, so here's the like, trailer. Yeah. If you're
1: that could watching, maybe be it. If you're watching us <laughs> oh on God. video, or if you're not, I should say, that we're, we've got the, the, the trailer from <laughs> The Darkness up. I know it looks love, old and dated I now, but this was, this was a great game. This wow. was a oh really great game.
0: I, I didn't like the first one. I like the second one a lot more, and most people are vice versa. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, yeah. 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 I really, oh, and here's so, one of the in-game TVs. Yeah. I'm Yeah, surprised.
2: Oh. yeah I really didn't think it was going to be to kill a mockingbird. I thought it was one of the first two.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like the other three were owned. That's, mm. like, yeah. licensed. Yeah, I knew wise,
2: Wizard so. of Oz. Like, they're still monetizing that. Yeah. Possible, yeah. possible,
3: I'm sure, so... I was like, oh, maybe by some wild chance they actually got it, but oh well.
1: (laughs) Destin, good job. Uh, By the way, it's now, it's a one-point game here uh, in July, so there's plenty of time. Miranda with five points, Destin (laughs) with four. So, good stuff from Destin this week. All right, and again, to my audience (laughs) listening, send in your trivia questions, because we need more good ones. Email them, unlocked, at IGN.com, include the question, include four multiple choice answers, and please note the correct answer in your email, and we'll play again next week. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Podcast Unlock, the 503rd episode to be specific. Stella, where can everybody find you and follow what you're up to, all your streaming action, and <laughs> all your shooter expertise?
3: Uh, so I'm on Twitter and every other social media as at Parallax Stella. Um I stream on Twitch after work almost every day, usually playing Apex, um, trying to grind through Diamond right now. So if you guys are interested in watching that, um, you guys can catch me there.
0: Stella had an insane play last night. Go <laughs> see it on her Twitter Thank and you. watch this bod that I hope she clipped out. It was a really good play.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Destin, how about you?
0: Yeah, so for IGN, Stella and I are actually going to be on EA Play. Stella, she's over there. Oh
3: yeah, that's right. We're,
0: yeah, we're going to be on EA Play in a few days, so that's really really exciting. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Most of my other stuff's boring, like onboarding people and paperwork stuff. So that <laughs> hasn't been super fun behind the scenes lately. Um, but uh, yeah, so for my personal stuff, I do those late night vlogs over at youtubecom channel. So if you want to hear me ramble like a crazy person, you can check those out. I'm really Wait, excited what were about you EA doing Play. Today? huh
1: what was what was what were you doing today
0: (laughs) on the show yeah so if you just want more of me (laughs) you can uh check that out i guess
1: (laughs) thank you destin miranda uh
2: for ign i just of course did the preview for psychonauts 2 so please check that out i really hope you enjoy it i had so much fun getting to write that it's not a lot of time these days that i get to do a lot of writing in my free time or my my free time in my work time so, <laughs> um, I'm usually doing like Destiny a lot of onboarding behind the scenes things, so please check that out. Um, we also have a guide going up right now for Duts Door, so if you're checking that out, please absolutely use our guide. Uh, I know there's a lot of collectibles and like cool hidden things, so if you need a little help, we've got you. Um, what else? I don't know, that's, I think that's it for our gym right now, and then you can find me everywhere at Havoc Grows, and it's Havoc with the K on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and uh, that's yeah. Those are the important places, I guess.
1: Sounds good. As for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And uh, our IGN first that's going now is the aforementioned Steam Deck from when I went up to Valve with Tom Marks and Bo Moore, uh, as well as Brian Malkowitz and Tayo on the production side. We had a great time up there getting to play with Valve's new toy, and we are rolling out new coverage for that all July long. Again, this thing may there's a very good chance you could be playing Game Pass on it. So it is relevant to the Xbox audience's interest. Check out, we've got um, an interview with Gabe Newell coming up. That's next week. But up now we have uh, a Frequently Asked Questions video. We have uh, an actual hands-on preview that Bo did. There's a bunch of stuff on IGN, so check that out. And that will do it for Super Producer Kate along with Stella, Miranda, and Destin. I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 503. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week.